Welcome to What's the Word podcast with myself, Nick Henderson, a resource that helps push you further in your faith by discussing what God's Word has to say about various topics that tend to trip up believers and keep us from advancing into the place God has for us. I'm so grateful you're tuning in today. And before we get into the content, I want to ask if this episode provides you any value that you would leave a review and also share this show on your social media. Those two things help a ton. With that aside, let's jump in to today's episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome to What's the Word podcast. I'm in the studio today with Caroline. Caroline, how are we doing? Good. How are you? Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Now that you're here, Caroline, we are excited to hear your story. So, Caroline, why don't you tell us a little bit like about yourself, your story, your testimony for people listening? Mm-hmm. So, I am actually a cancer survivor, specifically bone cancer. I was diagnosed at the age of 16 with Ewing sarcoma, which is um, a rare form of bone cancer. And I had a tumor in my right tibia and it had metastasized to my right lung. And I feel like that word metastasis is really scary for a lot of people. Yeah. So what does it mean? Uh, it just means it's spread. And so actually a really common place for it to spread is leg to lung, which is so random. Did they share like why that is? Like why that's a common thing? No, they really like don't like never said that, but I just, I just found that really fascinating. And when I get to know more people in the cancer community, it's like, it's pretty apparent it's leg to lung. Yeah. So, so I want to know, and you know, we talked all, kind of off recording about this, but I want to know like, how did the diagnosis like shape up? Like, I think a lot of people are thinking like, I think a lot of us have that fear of like, do I have like cancer? Is this cancer? Mm-hmm. Like, how did that take shape? How did you end up getting diagnosed with something so serious? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a cheerleader for, um, a few years in high school and it was pretty much tryout season. And I just had this nagging pain in my knee for months. And, um, I really thought I like tore my MCL or something like that, but I ended up going to a doctor and she kind of just dismissed it. And you weren't, were you thinking that this was pretty serious or were you just like curious about it? Like, were you at all anxious about this thing that you felt? I really wasn't. I think my mom was, but I feel like that's a mother's like intuition. And so then we went to another doctor because my mom was like, this is something like, this is something serious. And, but did you ever think cancer? No, I never once thought cancer at all. And so he found something on an x-ray that looked funny and he like went sent me, he sent me to go get an MRI and then they found a mass, but not every single mass is cancerous. Mm. And so they found a mass, but what were, I mean, you acknowledge, right? Not every mass is cancerous, but did you think, like, did they introduce to you the severity, like the possible severity of the situation that like this could be cancer or like, what was the vibe around this time? Were you freaking out? Were you like calm? What was going on? I was pretty calm, which is very interesting. Me and my dad both were like, it's not cancer, but my mom was silently like, this could be cancer. Yeah. And so, um, they called my mom and said, like, you need to go to MD Anderson, which is a, a big cancer hospital here in Houston. And um, we got an appointment really fast, which is kind of rare at MD Anderson just because it's so big. And so what was the time span of this? So you feel the pain in your knee. And like, how soon after did you feel that pain? Did you end up at MD Anderson? Well, I had pain on and off for a couple months. So probably starting in like January, February. But then it got really bad in March. And then we really got that MRI 
mid-April and I was diagnosed May 1st. So relatively kind of fast. Yeah. And so when they hit you with the diagnosis, what was the diagnosis at the time? Like the first initial diagnosis? First initial diagnosis was osteosarcoma, which is just another form of bone cancer. And I feel like if you've heard of a bone cancer, you've heard of osteosarcoma. It's in Grey's Anatomy or in other like medical (laughs) shows. So that's the one you hear. And so, I mean, I guess I think of cancer in stages, Mm -hmm. right? What did they give you a stage at the time of diagnosis or? Um, They did not give me a stage from like the like research I've done they really only give stages for like my cancer, like Ewing's, um, really stage four. And that's kind of just terminal. And so the one thing is we never talked about, um, like stages. We never talked about uh, end of life care that death was like never in the like first conversation or anything. I think when you think cancer, you think like death immediately, but that's not the case for every single patient. And I think the word death is really scary and cancer arguably is like even more scarier yeah yeah i think that's a fair point actually because i think when everybody you're right when someone gets diagnosed with cancer they feel like oh like well they're gonna die and it's like well i mean we have whole treatment centers dedicated to the curing and the treatment of cancer hopefully that's not the reality right Mm -hmm. hopefully they're doing the job appropriately and correctly to where people are getting healed, moving into remission and so on. So, okay. So you get diagnosed, um, with bone cancer. Mm-hmm. What were you thinking? Cause they, obviously they're trying to paint it in the best picture possible, but are you, are you freaking out? Cause you've been calm. Mm-hmm. Are you freaking out at this point or what? I'm pretty much in shock. I I'm sitting there as this doctor is telling me that your whole world is literally flipped upside down. I was 16 years old in high school and, um, for someone to tell you that you have cancer, like you automatically think the worst. And I was in shock, but I had, I was just bawling in that office. Mm. And I looked at my parents and I don't think they know, knew what to say or what to do. They wanted to be strong, but you, you were just told your daughter has cancer. Like no one is going to not cry in that instance. And so we're just sitting there crying and I'm just, I'm thinking about, like every, every possible scenario is running through my head and like dying, what chemo feels like, like radiation surgery at all. And did they hit you with the treatment plan, the reality of chemo immediately? Like what was kind of the task at hand? They said, okay, you have bone cancer. We feel okay about it, Mm -hmm. like treating it. What was the treatment plan that was laid out for you at the time? It was, um, it was pretty intense. It was 14 to 17 rounds of chemo. So that's kind of, they give that as an average. And then just because they said I had a metastasis or at that point they didn't know I had a metastasis, but they kind of just throw out like possibility of radiation, but like definitely surgery. And my, who diagnosed me was a uh, orthopedic surgeon and she, she does a lot of like amputees, like amputations. And, um, she looked at me and she goes, we can just like, amputate your leg and I I thought she was joking and she was not she was really serious and a lot of people just want to do that they want to amputate their leg and move on but I was I was 16 years old and I didn't want to lose my leg so I mean did you ever entertain that Mm-mm. no it was never a thought and then once I got like and can per- we can we think like 
so this cancer metastasized mm-hmm. to the lungs. Was it? I mean, if they would have done that, you still would have had. I mean, they didn't know at the time, right? But they, mm-hmm. you still would have had cancer. Yeah. So I still would have had to gone through like chemo and all of that. But they didn't even know that. Mm-mm. Oh my. Do you, I mean, okay, so obviously being a cancer survivor, I'm sure you're around the community. Mm-hmm. Has that ever happened where someone like went through this big procedure to amputate or get like get rid of a significant organ or something like that to where it just was spread anyway? I mean, is that like normal? That's crazy though. Um, a lot of, so there are people, I've never heard someone who just like right off the bat, like wants to amputate their leg, mm-hmm. but, um, I've, I know amputees and stuff. And so there's a little girl that I met at the hospital. She was 11. And with my surgery that I got, I can't really do a lot of um, like jumping or running or anything just because of all the metal that's in my leg. And she chose an amputation so she could play volleyball and go to PE and like all that stuff. And so there are people that choose that, but I just knew that that was not the path that I wanted to take. And so, okay, so an orthopedic surgeon diagnoses you, she gives you this idea of amputation, but you're like, no. So you get mm-hmm. surgery though. What do they end up doing? They ended up doing a, it's called a, um, gosh, what is it called? It's, well, it's limb salvage, but there's like a bunch of different parts in, like in my leg. And so it's essentially like a knee replacement and they removed like the part of my tibia with the, um, with the cancer and they put in cadaver bone, which is just like, um, somebody else's bone just to fill that gap. And so then they put a steel rod in my femur just to hold all of that together. And it's called an allograft prosthesis, which someone who's not familiar with like medical terms, like that's a really weird word, but, um, it's like my knee doesn't bend more than like a hundred degrees. And so it's, it's a, it was a pretty tough surgery. And so you have the surgery. Is this like a one and done or do you still at this time, you still know you have to go through chemo? Mm-hmm. I, well, I went through six rounds of chemo before surgery and then surgery. And then I was supposed to do another eight rounds, but then around round 11, they were like, we want to do the full 17. And so they extended it by three. And so I ended up doing 17 total. So I think people have assumptions of chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we've all seen the documentaries or done the Google research. How hard is chemotherapy really? And especially the amount of rounds that you went through. What was that like? Um, a lot of people describe it as just like crazy nausea and fatigue. And I think that doesn't do it justice. Um, it's pretty much... This is so morbid, but it's pretty much as close to death as you feel like you can get without dying. It's really brutal, and a lot of people handle it fine, and there's different types of chemo, and I got a pretty rough, like, chemo regimen, and, I mean, when I tell you, like, if there was a water bottle right here, like, I couldn't, like, pick it up without being exhausted. Like, sitting up was exhausting, so I was constantly just laying on the couch, like, nauseous, like, everything made me nauseous reading a TV, like words on a TV was really hard. And so, I mean, how close were the rounds together? I mean, was it like week to week, month to month? Um, they're really supposed to be like every other week, but my body did not really handle it very well. And so you have like your blood counts, like that's how they measure if you can like get another round of chemo. And so mine were always really low and, um, 
one time it was six weeks in between rounds of chemo and that at that point the chemo is not really being effective because you're not getting it as fast as you need to be and so um I I mean I got it maybe every three weeks which is is okay but they would like it to be every other week and so you finish your rounds of chemo and then you know is are you cured like what like what were there any like volatility in the process of like uh, like did it get worse before I got better? Like, what did that look like just working towards these treatments? Um, so in the first like part of my treatment, I, my, after round three, my lung tumor had completely gone away. And when did they decide that you had a lung tumor? Um, that was the, the day after I was diagnosed, I went back to the hospital and they did like all the different scans. They did CTs, PET scan, MRIs. They did a bone scan, which just like measures or just like sees like if there's any other tumors in your bones. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so you finished the chemo. I mean, is, is it in remission at this point? Like what, what is kind of the vibe that the doctors are giving you Mm -hmm. afterward? So I finished 17 rounds of chemo, uh, July of 2020. And then, um, I, I knew that I had radiation on my lungs. And so even though the tumor was gone, there's like, um, cells like cancer cells that can still be floating like in your body. And so they really like to like specialize, like, and kill all that cancer if it's like remaining cancer cells. And so I got, um, just 10 sessions of radiation, which is just two weeks. It's like five, it's like Monday through Friday for two weeks. And so, and does radiation compare at all to chemotherapy or is it just like, no, I mean, for me, it wasn't that bad, but a lot of people who just receive radiation, it's really bad. And it was just on my chest and just like where my lungs were. But a lot of people, like when you get it in different parts of your body, like your skin can react different. It definitely was irritating on my skin. It was like a really bad sunburn and you're, you're fatigued. It's like, it's just like if you were to get like sunsick after a sunburn. Um, but I guess after chemotherapy, you're like, this is like yeah. nothing for me at this point. Nothing can compare to chemo. Oh and then, um, after that, um, they wait six weeks and they wait to make sure like your lungs, um, have like, you know, like not been swollen or whatever, the like swelling goes down and then they kind of just wait and give it some time just in case the cancer is going to come back. And then they do a whole set of scans and that was in September. And then September 23rd, they uh, declared me NED, which is no evidence of disease. And so I feel like a lot of people throw the word, throw the word cure. And um, to my knowledge, you're not cured until five years. Really? So it's cured like synonymous with remission? Is it the same thing or no? No, I would say like remission. Um, I A lot of people use the word remission and I specifically don't use the word remission. I use NED, um, but remission is just like cancer is like not, is not there. It's not come back. But I feel like cured is like your, it's like long-term versus remission is like, you know, in short increments, like, oh, I'm in remission for like a year or yeah, two yeah. years or six months. It's kind of a temporary holding term yeah. for, you know, hopefully cured one mm-hmm. day. Oh my gosh. And so, and that's, and that's kind of the place that you're in right now, right? So how long ago was this, you know, did you get kind of, you know, remission, this idea of the cancer is gone for now? Mm-hmm. How long has it been since that happened? It's been you? a little over a year and a half, actually. 
September will be two years. Mm -hmm. So, and so um, what's the process now for you? Um, I go back every three months at this point. And so I just get scans like routine scans, like on my leg and my lung. And I was always confused why I never received a PET scan, which is just like a full body, like scan to see if you have cancer in your body. And that's just a lot of radiation every three months. And so they really don't do that. But my cancer's like my doctor said, if you're going to have a recurrence, you know, you're going to have a recurrence, like you, your body hurts like a part, like something is swollen, something hurts. It's a cancer that's really painful when it comes back or like when you first have it. And so, um, I go every three months just to make sure that that chance like is slim. And so that if it, if it does come back, we catch it pretty fast. Oh my gosh. That's insane. So has anything really changed for you? Like, because currently right now you're in college, mm-hmm. you know, doing life, all that stuff. Has anything changed for you as a result of being like a cancer survivor as far as like your ability to do certain things or what? Mm-hmm. I think on a day-to-day basis, my life isn't, has not changed, but um, like I have a lot of limitations with my legs since the surgery and um, I you know, I feel like I, I can't walk the campus at the same pace as everybody. I get tired easily and, um, just like day to day, like school stuff, like nothing's changed, but activities wise, I feel like I'm like always a step back from people. And so that kind of stinks, but yeah, well, I mean, I mean, gosh, I mean, regardless of the level of exhaustion that you feel now, I mean, you exuded so much endurance, mm-hmm. I mean, throughout the process. So, oh my gosh, that what an amazing story. And obviously you went through so much, right? You know, mm-hmm. from the diagnosis through all the horrific treatments you had to deal with through all of it. But was there anything that stands out to you as you look back and think on that journey that you had? What do you think was the hardest part of it? Whether it was like an actual physical thing that took place or like a mental hurdle that you had to get over or a spiritual battle that you're wrestling with inside. What do you think was the hardest part of that whole journey? I think the hardest part was my relationship with the Lord And I feel like a lot of people think that when you get diagnosed with something like this or cancer that, you know, you're just flooded with like God's grace and stuff like that. And I think I, I was, I really felt loved by the Lord and by a lot of different people. Just I had thousands of people praying for me, but in my own personal relationship, I really struggled because I was angry. I was really bitter. I was sad. I like didn't know why at 16 years old, like God had given this battle to me. And I feel like we each get our own battles, but why was mine just so incredibly difficult? And so I really struggled with like, why me? Like, why God did you like put me through this battle? And, um, I think that we like all have a purpose, but I don't think we all find our purpose in the same way. And so what do you mean by that? Um, we like all go through different like struggles. And so some people, they have like a relatively, I wouldn't say easy life, but you know, generic childhood and stuff. And, you know, they grow up and they, you know, like they go to church and they, you know, find their passion is serving in the church. And then other people, they've never been in the church. And so, and then they go through this whole spiritual awakening and then they can find their passion and their purpose for life. And some people just go through really hard battles and 
then have to find their like purpose through that. And I think I really found my purpose through cancer. And I always say this and people think I'm really crazy for saying this, but I wouldn't take it back. Mm. And why do you say that? Because I am where I am today because of cancer. I'm at the University of Oklahoma. I have the best friends. I'm in the best sorority. I'm in the best place in my life. And I have, I have like, because of that, like I went because of cancer, I like got into the place where I'm at right now. Wow. And I think it's, man, what incredible insight that you have too, especially your age. And that's something we actually talked about on last week's episode. If you guys haven't heard that, but this idea that God uses pain and uses it to drive us towards our God-given purpose, Mm -hmm. um, that God uses trials and, you know, helps leverage those trials to help us triumph in life for those bad circumstances. And, you know, an interesting insight is that like bad circumstances are still bad. Like your cancer is not good. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I mean, it's, it's not fun to go through 17 rounds of chemotherapy. It's not fun, you know, for those listening who go through so many different things. None of those things are good per se. They're all bad circumstances, but God is in the business of leveraging those things for good purposes. Mm -hmm. And that's what it sounds like he's done for you. And so knowing that, knowing that that was like kind of, you know, one of the hardest part of it, what are, what, what do you think is the greatest lesson? What do you think is something that God taught you through all of that stuff that you went through? Um, I've said through my whole journey, trying to find the positives amongst the negatives is really what got me through that. And sitting there as a 16 year old kid in an office, when you were just told your whole life has turned upside down, it's really easy to be angry and sad and frustrated. And I was like, don't get me wrong. Like I, I was bitter about it for probably a good bit of it. But then I met people along the way who just showed me God's grace and showed me God's love and that God can use you through an impossible situation and how like you you get to be mad. You like this sucks. Like there is no it seems like there's no positives, but you have to dig and you have to find those. They're not on the surface. They're a little bit they're a little bit deeper, but you get to find the positives through it and um you know, like, like feel your emotions, like be angry, be sad, but really just rejoice in like God's grace because like I am here today and I am cancer free and like my journey was really hard, but it's like an incredible into the story where I'm at. Yeah. And that's an incredible thought. And, you know, it reigns so true that some things in life can't change, but you can, Mm -hmm. like your diagnosis is still the same, but you aren't. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you get to choose that. You get to choose that mindset, that positive ideal of, okay, I'm going to see the best in this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I can to make the most of this unfortunate situation that I'm in. And so I love that. And, you know, with, with such wisdom at such a young age and such an incredible story, what encouragement do you have for anybody listening to this podcast episode right now? Um, I would say don't let your circumstances define who you are. Everyone goes through things in life. I've always said that people struggle with divorce or death or cancer or sickness or, I mean, we're in a pandemic, so COVID has brought a lot of losses. And so don't let those bad things determine like who you are. You have to find the peace. You have to find the grace that God has for you. And you have to take your really bad circumstance and make it a positive. Cause I feel like in every circumstance you can find that positive. You just, it's not always going to be easy. You just have to look for it and dig it out. 
Wow. You know, Caroline, incredible story, incredible insights. And we're just so thankful that you're on the podcast today. Thank you. It's been, it's been great. I'm excited. I hope this episode helped you out and provided you tons of clarity and encouragement. If so, I'd greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review and also share this show on your social media. It helps more than you know. Until next time.